Hey, listen, I'm glad to be up here this morning. Uh, I was walking in the auditorium a little while ago, and someone said, wow, it's like having Daddy back. <laughs> so anyway, uh, hey, this morning we are, we're preaching on Samson. So when I think about Samson, I remember this illustration about Albert Einstein. I know you probably think about Albert Einstein, too, when you think about Samson. Uh, Albert Einstein walked into the classroom and he began writing on the board, nine times one equals nine, nine times two equals 18, nine times three equals 27, kept on going and he wrote, you know, nine times nine equals 81 and then nine times 10 and he wrote 91. Well, all the college students started laughing at him and making fun of him. He's Albert Einstein, you know, and they're making fun of him and, and he just sort of stood off to the side like this and just waited for them to be quiet. And finally, after, you know, they had their fun, he, he walked back, you know, to the podium and, and said, you know, I got nine right, and you didn't congratulate me. But when I got one wrong, man, you mocked me and, and made fun of me. He said, as a society, we've progressed so much. He said, but why do we point out the smallest fault or the smallest failure? I don't know about you, but why, why are we so quick? And maybe I'm not talking about you, because, I mean, none of us have lived through an election or, or, or see celebrities on TV, but why are we so quick to point out people's failures? Even when the, the good outweighs the bad. Some of us have a hard time with that, but sometimes some of us have a hard time with our own faults and, and our own failures. Man, we can't get past those. You know, here's the goal of this message this morning. I want you to leave here renewed. Man, I want you to leave here today restored. I want you to leave here today encouraged. I want you to leave here today eager to serve God, knowing that God has chosen you to serve Him. And whatever call you have on your life, man, I want you to be ready to attack that. You know why? Because faith outweighs failures. I want you to leave here today knowing this. Your faith in Jesus outweighs any failure you've had in your life. Now, let me tell you, let me be real honest with you. I, period, don't, period, like, period, Samson, exclamation mark. I've been living with him in my head and in my thoughts. And the, the more I studied him, the more I thought about him, the, the more I just don't like him. He's like a hockey player who's going to win any means necessary. Doesn't matter how many rules he breaks. Doesn't mean, it doesn't matter how many bones he breaks, how many teeth he breaks, his or, or others. He's just a beast of a man. Now you're going, Scott, you're really pointing out some failures. Let me ask you, what do you, what do you remember about Samson? What we all remember is supernatural strength until... Delilah, and he told him the secret of his strength. Maybe you remember the, the, the mighty ending of his life, you know, where he pushed against the two pillars and, and more Philistines died at that moment than, than his entire life together. Maybe, maybe it's a, a life of wasted potential. Maybe it's anger or rage or, or lust or impulsiveness or, or, or selfishness. Man, when you start reading about Samson in the book of Judges, there's, there's just no way. We're in this series called Unfiltered. There's just no way to put a good filter on him. David, 
Even though David, you know, committed adultery and David had her wife killed. I'll be honest with you. I love David. I, I love me some David. I'm reading through the Psalms right now and I, I love his rawness. I love his realness. I know he loves the father. But Samson, I, I, don't, I don't look at him in rose-colored glasses at, at all. That's how I remember him. He, he's pretty much a hot mess from, from beginning to end. But the question is not how do we remember Samson. The most important question is how does God remember Samson? So know this as we go into this message. Know this. God chooses sinners. I mean, God chooses. I don't know if I'd have chosen Samson. But God chooses sinners. I'm going to read again the the scripture that Trey read. In those days, a man named Manoah from the tribe of Dan lived in the town of Zorah. And his wife was unable to become pregnant and they had no children. The angel of the Lord appeared to Manoah's wife and said, Even though you have been unable to have children, you will soon become pregnant and give birth to a son. So be careful. Listen to these, these instructions now. You must not drink any wine or any other alcoholic drink nor eat any forbidden food. You will become pregnant and give birth to a son, and his hair must never be cut, for he will be dedicated to God as a Nazarite from birth. He will begin to rescue Israel from the Philistines. A Nazarite, someone who has made a special vow of dedication to the Lord. A Nazarite, there to abstain from wine. They're to abstain from fermented drink. No, not even kombucha. All right? Some are going, I would not touch that stuff anyway. I believe in kombucha. Hey, also grapes. No, no grape juice. No raisins. I don't know why people would eat raisins anyway. But, but nothing that, that comes from the grapevine. No razors to touch his head. To even go near. He's not even supposed to go near a dead body. So how does Samson do? Samson's strength was drained because his hair was cut due to his lust and his lack of self-control. He was frequently around dead bodies because, well, one, he killed a lot of Philistines. And so constantly around dead bodies, hundreds and thousands of Philistines. And though scripture doesn't say he drank wine or fermented drink or ate food from the vine, he at least tiptoed around it when the lion tried to attack him. He was walking beside a vineyard at that time. After that, he hosted a wedding, his first wedding, his only wedding. He hosted this wedding that lasted seven days. And as custom, you you provided wine for for the whole event. But we will give him maybe the benefit of the doubt that maybe he, he didn't partake. But a Nazarite, and they were committed to setting themselves apart for the Lord in a special way. So you would expect him to be holy. Nothing like the people around him, especially the, the, the pagans and the, the Gentiles. Samson married a pagan woman. And then he left her in his anger over a riddle, and she was burned to death. Because of his actions. He admitted he was motivated by his his thirst for revenge. He slept with a prostitute we know of here in, in the scriptures. 
He let Delilah, another pagan woman, seduce him four times until he finally told her the secret of his strength. Samson would begin to, to rescue Israel, but he would never see it happen. He would never see the deliverance. His life was a life of not living up to expectations, of, of wasted potential. That's what's easy for us to remember. And yes, he was a hot mess. Don't raise your hand, but can anyone relate to Samson a little bit? Can you relate to him? The one thing, several things? That does, do you look at your life and you go, man, you know what? The, the bad outweighs the good in my life. I'll be honest with you. My life has been a hot mess at times. And I'll be real honest with you. Sometimes I can get pretty warm. Sometimes I'm not real pleased with, with who I am and, and decisions I make and, and where I, I, my mind can go sometimes. Did God make a mistake with Samson? If there had been a, a committee in heaven and I had been there and they're going, hey, we're, we're writing the Bible now. Listen, listen, I got some names put on the board and God writes Samson's name on the board. You know what I would have done? Nah, not him. No, not him. Was God surprised with Samson's life? Not the least. Not at the least. He knew the life he would live. And yet he chose Samson before he was even born. God chooses to save and work through sinners. He chooses to save and work through people who are going to fail. Why is that? Because the Holy Spirit works in sinners. The Holy Spirit works in, in you and in I. Listen to verses 24 and 25. It said, And the Lord blessed him as he grew up. And the Spirit of the Lord began to stir in him. Hold, hold on to that, that phrase right there. The Spirit of the Lord began to stir in him while he lived in Mahina Dan, which is located between the towns of Zor and Eshtol. The Spirit of the Lord began to stir to, to impel him, to, to urge him, to, to beat regularly. Have you ever had a moment, a season in your life where you felt like the Lord, the Spirit of God, was doing something new, doing something different, was calling you to be or calling you to a ministry or calling you to a, a mission? It's a divine stirring. Man, it is restless. It's persistent. He is consistent. And I'm going to tell you what that stirring does. He's choosing you. He's moving in you. And it always relates back to the gospel going forth. It always goes back to his kingdom expanding. I'm no longer the campus pastor here. There's been some great rumors about that. You know, what did he do? Did nothing. I mean, I'm not perfect. I'm no Samson, let me tell you. <laughs> but I'll say this, back in the spring, when we're in the hospital, the cage, man, I sense the Spirit doing a new work. 
since the Spirit did any work. Kurt, man, for a year and a half prior to that, we're talking. He sensed that the Lord moving him, the Spirit doing a new work in him. Brad Rutledge sensed the Spirit doing a new work in him. And I'm watching, I'm praying, and I've got this. And then all of a sudden in August, I mean, I, I knew that I knew that I knew that I was supposed to take Celebrate Recovery and, and some new ministries that Lord willing will, will come into fruition. It's the Lord stirring. It's the Lord stirring. How does, the, how does God work? Man, the Holy Spirit works in, in unifying and adjusting people's lives to God's even though they sin. Even though they're not perfect, even though they can be a hot mess at times. And time and time again, what we see is that the Spirit of God came powerfully upon Samson to sustain him and to strengthen him to do God's will. Until one day, the Lord left Samson. Delilah, it says in Judges 16, verse 19, Delilah lulled Samson to sleep with his head in her lap. And then she called in a man to shave off the seven locks of his hair. In this way, she began to bring him down. And his strength left him. Remember, he's a Nazarite. A, a razor is never to touch his head. This is the, the last thing. And he didn't lose this until now. Then she cried out, Samson, the Philistines have come to capture you. When he woke up, he thought, I will do this before and I'll shake myself free. But he didn't realize the Lord had left him. What a heavy phrase that is. That the Lord had, had left him. So the Philistines captured him and gouged out his eyes. They took him to Gaza where he was bound with bronze chains and forced to grind grain in the prison. Seems the only one area that Samson had been obedient to the Lord in in all of his life, he finally gave up. Been disobedient about being around dead people, disobedient being around the fermented dream, disobedient on so many things. This one thing he held on to. And now he finally gave it up. There goes his strength. And therefore the Lord left him. Arthur Lewis, a uh, theologian, said this, We may presume to walk in the Spirit's power when, in fact, we have forfeited His strength by our disobedience or lack of yielding to His will. Obedience to God, obedience to His Word and His call in our lives, that proves our faith. And Samson finally gave up the one thing that proved his faith in God. And now his faith was dead and he forfeited God's strength. Church, sin can hinder our fellowship with God. I want you to understand the seriousness of sin. It can hinder our fellowship with God. And probably most of you in this room, you already know this to be true. Man, can't we all relate to that? Man, how many times have you looked at porn and all of a sudden, man, this, all of a sudden you just feel so far from God? 
Or, or maybe you just got drunk again, and man, you just feel so far from God, or, or the anger is in control, or the racism, or, or the complaining, or, or, or the secret sin that nobody knows about. And you feel distant from God, and the enemy's just right there going, yeah, he could never use you, never love you. Can I talk about the number one sin I see in church? And I, this is me being here 30-something years. There's none of the ones I mentioned. It's deliberate unforgiveness. Man, I have seen it destroy people's faith in God. I have seen it destroy people's families. Even mine. Growing up, there was a family member that repeatedly hurt our family. Repeatedly hurt our family. Older person. Repeatedly hurt our family. And then when I had a family of my own, I said, no more. I, didn't, I was kind in person, but no more. So I punished them with my absence. I punished them with my wife's absence. I, I punished them with my three oldest boys' absence because that's all we had at the time. For seven years, I'm into ministry and I'm choosing deliberate unforgiveness. Talk about prayers falling flat. I would go to pray and whose face would I see but that one. I pray if that's you, you'll do what I did and just repent. And repent is not going, hey, God, you're right. Guess who had to go and apologize to the one who had hurt our family so many times? Me. I'll never forget, I walked up to the door. If you don't have any guess, it was my grandmother on my dad's side. I walked up to the door. I hadn't seen her in seven or eight years. And I had to say it. I'm sorry that I've been gone so long. And she welcomed me in. Made macaroni and cheese and fried chicken. I was in like Flint, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Did she change? No. It wasn't about her. It was about my sin. My unforgiveness. Good news. Though sin hinders and faith restores. Though, though I don't know what, what, what your sin is hindering you, I want to tell you, your faith in Jesus restores. Listen to what Hebrews eleven six 6 says. And it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. I'm going to tell you something. Faith matters to God. Your failures, he's an expert at handing our failures. He's been doing it since Adam and Eve. But faith, you want, to get, you want to get God jazzed up. Man, you practice your faith in him. You believe he earnestly exists. Hey, because of Jesus, listen to what we can do. We can boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. Let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting him. Now, the lie, the enemy wants to tell me, nah, that can't be true. No, God's word says it's true. 
And the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. And you know what my greatest failure? It's nothing to him. Samson finally calls out to God by faith. Now, I don't think it's the most beautiful, repentant prayer there is. Okay? I mean, the end of the prayer is he, he wants to have more victory over these Philistines. But he believes that God exists and that he will hear. And God uses Samson according to his will. Though his sin had hindered him, by his faith, God has restored him. Said this, then Samson prayed to the Lord, Sovereign Lord, remember me again. I want to stop right there. Remember me again. I'm hoping by the end of this service today, that's going to be your prayer. Father, remember me again. I'm reading through Psalm 104 just this morning, and I see where the psalmist cried out, Father, according to your mercy, remember me again. It's the, the prayer is not based on Samson and his, his, his good things or, or the bad things. No, his prayer is based on the fact that God is merciful, that God is good, and that God will hear him again. Sovereign Lord, remember me again, O God. Please strengthen me one more time. And with spirit-empowered strength, he was able to defeat more Philistines in his death than he did in his entire life. His faith in God restored him. And the Holy Spirit empowered him. God chose to use him one last time. Now the question is why? Because God still loved him. God still loves him. Still loves him. He was willing to hear Samson's prayer because he loves him. One of the effects of sin in our lives is it keeps us from praying. The one thing that, well, God's an expert in everything, but God is an expert in dealing with our sin. He wants to purify us from it. He wants to cleanse us from it. He wants to move it as far as the east is from the west. But because of our sin, we're like, I can't tell God about it. I can't talk to God about it. You know, this, is, this probably happened two or three months ago. Dealing with sin, I'm like, ah, I'm sick of this. And then I was like, why don't you talk to God about it? What? He's the one I'm trying to hide, the one that sees all things. And then it hit me, and I'm slow, I'm from South Carolina, you know, small town. I mean, if there is one thing that he came to do, so he can save the lost, forgive people their sin. Who else should we be talking about it? Who else should we be talking to? The Father who loves us, who wants to free us, whether it be a, a character defect, a bad habit, or a monumental addiction. He wants you to bring it to Him. He wants to give you strength. He wants to give you power. He wants to give you grace. He wants to give you mercy. He wants to give you understanding. 
Why? Because he loves you. Even when it's abundantly clear that the bad outweighs the good in your life, I'm going to tell you something. Faith outweighs failure. Man, your faith in Jesus outweighs your greatest failure, your darkest sin, your, your biggest secret. Man, faith outweighs failure. What does God remember of Samson? His faith. And because of his faith, and regardless of all his sins, in God's eyes, he's faultless. That came out of my mouth, and I still don't want to believe it. We focus too much on the big, bigness of our sin and too little on the grace of God. God's grace always outmatches man's sin. Always. Always. The author of Hebrews, he's the only person that mentions Samson. And so at the beginning of this whole thing, when I'm, I'm looking at this and, you know, I, I was asked to, to teach on Samson and I, I went to it and, and, I, and I saw this, that I'm reading Hebrews and it says this, listen, Hebrews, this is, uh, if you're new to church, this is called like the, the hall of faith. This is all the, the people uh, that just serve God. These are people we look at, all of them are jacked up and messed up. If you really go back into the Old Testament, you see where they all had major problems and issues. But it says this, it would take too long to recount the stories of the faith of Gideon, the faith of Barak, the, the faith of Samson. What? Hey, surely he's going to mention all the garbage. He doesn't. By faith, these people overthrew kingdoms, ruled with justice, and received what God has promised them. God remembers his faith. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, I'm going to tell you something. You know what he remembers? No, listen. Sin's serious. Christ died for our sins. It is destructive. And he wants to free you from it. But I'm going to tell you what. If you're a believer, man, your, your sin is as far as the east is from the west. And Jeremiah says, I'll forgive their wickedness and I'll never remember their sins. Man, God forgets them. He forgives them and then he forgets them. How does God remember Samson? God remembers his faith, his faith and God will never again remember his sins. They've been removed. So this morning, are you angry? Man, do you struggle with lust? Revenge? Are you selfish? Man, are you impulsive, lazy, lack self-control? Have you messed up time and time again? Do, do you feel like the, the, the bad in your life outweighs the good? If you feel a slave to it, I would love for you to, to come out on Thursday night and let us walk with you through some of these things and out of these things. But just as God chose Samson, God chooses you. Know this, God has chosen you not to attend church. Man, God has chosen you to be part of the men and women who, who live on this earth that expand God's kingdom. Man, you were called to be kingdom expanders. God chooses you. You're like, Scott, I messed up. Look at Samson. 
Man, let that be your new thing. When you start feeling down, you go, well, at least I'm not like Samson. And the Holy Spirit works in you even when your deliberate sin attacks your fellowship with God. So there's a difference, you know. There's the sin that someone pulls out in front of you in traffic, you know. I know I didn't step on any toes then, right? There's that sin. But then there's the planned out deliberate sin. That deliberate sin attacks our fellowship with God. But all you have to do is pray to Him in faith. Because His grace, His mercy will always outmatch our sin. Not an excuse to sin. If you're really walking in the Lord and you're really saved, you hate the sin. You just hate it. Even as small as it may seem to society or as big as it may be, He remembers you. He remembers your faith in Jesus, who has forever made perfect those who are being made holy. So let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Remember this as you look over your life and you look over the lives of others. Faith always outweighs failure. So Samson prayed. He prayed a prayer of faith. And it was, remember me, O Lord. Remember me. I want to tell you this morning one more time. Man, if you have faith in Jesus... I don't know of a a better prayer to pray right now. According to your mercy, O God, remember me, Lord. Can I tell you something I learned about Samson? I I didn't like him. I'm I'm not a big fan. I love the message of him and what God does. I love who God is. But I got caught up thinking Samson was the main character. And so, I don't know, earlier this week or last week, it hit me. Samson's not the main character. God's the main character. And then I, my next thought was, but he lives like the main character. And the writer and the producer and the creator. And, and then my next thought was, Scott, sometimes you live like the main character. And the writer and the producer and the creator. When we're just supporting cast. Extras even. Let's take a moment. I just want us to go to the Lord in prayer. And if you want to come down in front and pray, if you want to pray at your seat, whatever it may be, but let this be a time where you say, Lord, remember me. Remember me, Lord. According to your great mercy, remember me. Let's pray.